0: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Rock Talk with Dr. Cropper. Today is episode 116, and we're going to be doing a deep dive into Waterloo Sunset by the Kinks. Before we get going, I just want to thank you for stopping by. I know the amount of a long time that it takes to get through a podcast isn't always easy to come by these days, so I appreciate you entrusting me with yours. If you are new here, uh, welcome, and I hope you'll like what you hear and come back for more. And if you've been listening for a while, thank you so much for your loyalty. Uh, As always, I encourage you to follow the show on any and all social media platforms so that you can be kept abreast of all the latest happenings. And the handles are listed in the description. If you have an appetite for a bit more content, consider subscribing to dr cropper's office hour the apple podcasts exclusive uh premium spinoff of the show for 249 american per month uh, you get access to usually i try for weekly uh, bonus episodes a bit more informal sometimes a bit more tangentially related to our original focus here um but we have fun with it. So uh, check that out. If you're interested, there's a one month free trial and uh, gets you access to the bonus episodes as well as priority sequence for topic requests. Should you have any uh, and 10% off merchandise. Um, so yeah, think about that. Uh, feel free to reach out via any of the aforementioned channels though, uh, whether you are a premium subscriber or not uh, with uh, you know, questions, feedback, topics that you'd like me to cover. Uh, if you feel so inclined to leave a rating and review wherever you listen, those are very helpful to me. And lastly, before we get going, uh, you may notice the support the show link somewhere in the description, um, The uh, which will direct you to the buy me a coffee page. Uh, no pressure, of course, but uh, very much appreciated if you feel so inclined, and I am uh saving up to replace my laptop because it is becoming uh increasingly unreliable with well on a number of fronts, but most uh pertinent to this show uh I can no longer sync my phone, and I lost most of my library f- from my phone uh it's still on my computer uh when I tried to sync uh two weeks ago, so I have to, um, it ends up affecting the pace of the episodes, um, because I have to do almost all of my listening, uh, when I'm some, like, you know, within range of my computer. Uh, so yeah, I'm saving up for that. Um, and if you, uh, uh, see fit to, uh, drop something in the bucket there, uh, thank you very much, but no pressure, of course. Okay. So, uh, Waterloo sunset. I know, uh, I said the next episode would be reviewing Taylor Swift's midnights, but I haven't had a chance to do the proper preparation for that. And I wanted to get one out to you all this week. Cause I know it's been uh, another two week gap. Uh, unfortunately been quite behind after I went down to the Buckeyes game. Um, so yeah i thought i'd do this one this week and then uh next week it might be taylor but also i my copy of dave's picks volume 44 came in for grateful dead so i might uh, do that next week and midnight's the week after i don't know anyway so uh waterloo sunset uh i thought when i initially planned out the year that i would talk about the album that this was from for the uh, that this is from for the fifty fifth anniversary, uh, which was in September, but uh, didn't end up doing that. So, but this song was the main reason I wanted to talk about that album. So, uh, I figured this was a, a good fit. Anyhow, uh, Waterloo Sunset was written and produced by Ray Davies. Despite its complex arrangement, it took a mere ten hours to record. Uh, Dave Davies. Later, who's also in the band uh, Ray's Brother, uh, later said, We spent a lot of time trying to get a different guitar sound to get a more unique feel for the record. In the end, we used a tape delay echo, uh, but it sounded new because nobody had done it since the 1950s. I remember Steve Marriott of the Small Faces came up and asked me how we'd got that sound. We were almost trendy for a while, end quote. Uh, So, Waterloo Sunset was released as a single on May 5th, 1967, just heading into that summer of love that we've mentioned several times on here this year with 55th anniversaries um, with, you know, when we talked about The Doors debut and um, Surrealistic Pillow, Jefferson Airplane and The Beatles' Sgt. Pepper and some other things, Uh, you know, one of the golden eras, I think, for music. 67 was uh so anyway waterloo sunset came out as a single may 5th 67 and then th- the album that it's on something else by the kinks was released september 15th of 67 uh waterloo sunset was their first single available in true stereo um we talked in the Sgt. pepper episode about how the shift from mono to stereo was just kind of starting to happen at this point uh waterloo sunset re- reached number two in the uk and was a top 10 hit in australia new zealand and most of europe but interestingly it failed to chart in the states so first let's talk about the music and then we'll cover the lyrics uh, as far as personnel is concerned we have the band ray davies provides lead and backing vocals acoustic guitar and piano dave davies backing vocals and electric guitar pete Quaif backing vocals and bass and mick avery drums and then we also have rasa davies with backing vocals a non-band member there As far as uh, time signature, it's in 4-4. And then for the chords, in the verse, you've got D, A, G in the pre-chorus, E minor, B, E minor 7, and A. And in the chorus, D, A, G, and then G, B, E is the sha-la-la part, uh, E7 and A, and then E7, A7 on the Waterloo Sunset's fine part, um I I texted my brother Spencer kind of spur of the moment today to see if he uh, would want to hop on the episode last minute. I uh, wasn't able to, but he texted me his thoughts. So this is a uh, quoting from Spencer here about the music. Um the music is super pleasing, bringing a sort of lazy happiness over the listener, which is a direct result of the chord choices. The verses feature a one-five-four progression, possibly the easiest chord sequence to use to make someone like your music. The Beatles, Bob Dylan, Taylor Swift, Spencer Cropper—you name them—they have a song that features this at some point. Uh, the pre-chorus, the "but I don't need a friend" part features a chromatic descending line that is instantly pleasing to the ear and naturally resolves back to the verse pattern. And then for the real money maker, the sha-la-la part, the middle eight features a supercharged 2-5 progression, which is the most common progression in all of rock, pop, and certainly jazz music why is it so popular because it follows the circle of fifths giving it the strongest voice leading possible to resolve back to the home chords one um so from a chord perspective this song is perfect there is nothing to change uh and this is still spencer speaking uh i particularly love how it ends on the five chord leaving the song completely unresolved um you know, it fades out on the Waterloo sunsets fine. Um, uh, Spencer says doing that is potentially one of the best tricks that a songwriter can cop from uh, one of the premier artists of 60s London. So I thank Spencer for that analysis. And in my uh, melodically limited uh, drummer estimation, I wholeheartedly agree. Um, I think it The musically, it does. The song does a great job of, uh, you know, complementing what's going on in the lyrics, capturing a kind of wistful, melancholic, kind of hesitantly, romantically hopeful sort of vibe, uh, and a sunset kind of feel, which leads us right into the lyrics. Uh, Verse one dirty old river must you keep rolling flowing into the night people so busy make me feel dizzy taxi lights shine so bright uh so this is referring to london's thames river uh because it's flowing into the night we know that this is the evening rush hour uh you know come we know it's rush hour because of the people so busy make me feel dizzy and the taxi lights shining uh, and then flowing into the night We know it's the evening rush. So then we move into the pre-chorus, but I don't need no friends as long as I gaze on Waterloo sunset. I am in paradise. So even though he's alone, he doesn't feel lonely. Big difference. Uh, He finds solace in the peacefulness of the sunset, whether that's viewed through the large windows of Waterloo Station or from the train once it's pulled out. And then into the chorus, every day I look at the world from my window, sha la la, but chilly, chilly is the evening time. Waterloo sunsets fine. Waterloo sunsets fine. Um, it could be implying that he's kind of going through the motions of life as a bystander on the, uh, you know, he's on the proverbial hamster wheel, but not really living with that every day i look at the world from my window as opposed to you know every day i'm in the world um and then perhaps when the nights get cold which is synonymous at least in the northern hemisphere which is where the song was is set and was written from you know uh here in the northern hemisphere the nights getting cold is synonymous with the lead up to christmas uh so called coughing season uh, as in, you know, the time of year when people like to be in a relationship and have someone they can snuggle with when the nights get cold. Um, so, you know, perhaps when the nights get cold, chilly is the evening time. Uh, there are some cracks in his enjoying the solitude armor, and he wishes that he had somebody. Um. Anyhow... Then we move in, move into verse two. Terry meets Julie Waterloo Station every Friday night, but I am so lazy; don't want to wander. I stay at home at night. This, to me, is where things get really interesting. Uh, I suppose the most obvious interpretation is that the narrator is observing this couple, Terry and Julie. Uh, perhaps he sees their relationship progress from you know meeting to Ask one of them, asking the other out, and so on, because the three of them all ride the same train home on Friday nights. Um, under this interpretation, he either overhears their exciting plans for the rest of the evening, or maybe they're traveling the opposite way of him in a sense, and you know they meet up at the station to go out on the town in London, and they stay down there while he's retreating home to the suburbs for his lonely night in. I don't say that derisively, that's usually my preferred Friday night. Um, so yeah, that's, and either way, he contrasts their you know, meeting up and seems to be implied that they have exciting things happening in the evening. Uh, he contrasts that with his desire to stay home alone after work. Um, This interpretation was more or less confirmed by Ray Davies himself, claiming in a 2008 interview that it was a fantasy about his sister and her boyfriend emigrating to another country. Uh, He really wanted to get rid of them, huh? Um, However, the more intriguing possibility uh, for how you could interpret this verse to me is that the narrator actually is Terry, and we have some flipping between first and third person happening here, as Bob Dylan often does, for example. Um, A simple twist of fate would be an example of that. Um, Under this interpretation, we could imagine that he meets Julie every Friday night in the loose sense of the word, in that he sees her because they ride the same train, and he's pining for her, you know, or maybe, you know, he's a, a co-worker, like he knows her or has made some casual conversation on the train, but is too shy or lazy to, as it says, you know, I'm too lazy, I stay at home at night, uh, too shy or lazy to make a move. Um, so then we get a variation on the pre-chorus this time around, but I don't feel afraid as long as i gaze on waterloo sunset i am in paradise this is where i think the latter interpretation of the preceding verse starts to make more sense Uh, what would he be afraid of under the first interpretation i guess afraid of ending up alone in contrast to what he sees with terry and julie Uh, anyway i think it makes more sense to view this as him beginning to work up his nerve to approach julie you know, assuming that he is actually Terry, um, you know, working up the courage to either approach her or make his feelings known if they already know each other on some level. Uh, and then the chorus is the same. Every day I look at the world from my window, but chilly, chilly is the evening time. Waterloo sunset's fine. Waterloo sunset's fine. And then verse 3, millions of people swarming like flies round Waterloo Underground, but Terry and Julie cross over the river where they feel safe and sound. Sticking with my preferred interpretation, now that he and Julie are together, the rest of the people buzzing around the station are rendered a faceless mob that crumbles away to nothing when he sees Julie, and vice versa. Um, one of those uh if you know you know feelings uh if you've experienced it you know what i mean um and i, I think you can have that whether or not you're with the person but let's say you know since they cross seems like it's being described that they're crossing over the river uh sitting together i think it's implied they're together um and then another uh variation on the the pre-chorus here third time around uh kind of reverting back to how it was the first time but this time it's talking about them together and they don't need no friends as long as they gaze on waterloo sunset they are in paradise but then it skips straight to the that ending uh part of the chorus and just goes waterloo sunset's fine waterloo sunset's fine and fades out over that Um, so, uh, Terry was able to, Terry slash narrator, uh, if we go with my interpretation, uh, was able to have his cake and eat it too, as it were. He found someone amazing who values the peacefulness of silently admiring the sunset at the end of a long week as much as he does, but then makes the evening warm and fuzzy instead of Chilly. So as far as final thoughts about Waterloo Sunset, uh I think it effortlessly and uniquely combines some of my favorite song topics and moods, uh romance or romantic longing, isolation or loneliness, but also you know, embracing or celebrating that to some extent, or, or being at peace with it, you know, uh dreaming, daydreaming, uh, and so on despite having great detail in the lyrics as far as you know mentioning proper nouns like waterloo station and having names of people and stuff it remains quite open to interpretation and uh, perhaps most importantly can be applied to a wide variety of situations you may find yourself in in your own life you know you can julie can easily be a placeholder for uh you know insert name here whoever your, you know, your work crush is or your commuter crush, you know, the person that seems to always end up on the same train as you, um, or whatever the case may be, you know, a crush at school, um, and Waterloo station can easily be Union station here in Toronto or Grand Central in New York or whatever. Um, you know, everyone can relate to gazing out the window on their evening commute wondering when they'll find somebody uh the kinks have some other great and very different to this songs uh such as you really got me and lola and the rest of the album that waterloo sunset's on something else by the kinks uh, is pretty cool but i definitely think waterloo sunset is their best song it was ranked number 14 on rolling stones Top 500 greatest songs of all time list. Um, I'm not sure which iteration of that, because uh, I think they're on their third iteration of that list now. Uh, a list, especially the most recent version, that I have many grievances with, as outlined a little over a year ago in episode 66, I believe. Uh, but this song, being number 14, is not one of those grievances. Um, I first became aware of this song actually after seeing the Rolling Stones Ruby Tuesday referred to as the second prettiest pop song of all time, uh, trailing only Waterloo Sunset. And having never heard it, I thought, oh, blasphemous. And then I finally got around to listening to it. And I was like, actually, you know what? I'd have to agree with that as much as I love Ruby Tuesday. I think waterloo sunset is rightly regarded by many as the apogee of swinging london um as spencer pointed out this is true right down to the most technical elements of the writing with the chords and all that and how it finishes on the five chord totally unresolved um which uh speaking of which um you know tying that into the lyrics i think um that implies uh not so much i think it suggests that their story together is just beginning um because it's it's like a hopeful unresolved like they're uh riding off expectantly into the sunset um anyhow um yeah i think you can view it as the the final culmination of Uh, swinging London in the sense that uh, musically it has a lot of different, it ties together a lot of different styles that were happening at the time. Um, It's got some psychedelic elements, it's got some heavier riff-based moments, it's got the pretty pop, and it ties it all together in such a a neatly written uh, package. All right, so that's about it for today, a shorter episode, but perhaps that's not such a bad thing. Uh, As I said at the beginning, I encourage you to follow the show on any and all social media platforms, handles are in the description, subscribe to Dr. Cropper's Office Hour on Apple Podcasts if you want a bit more content, feel free to reach out via any of the aforementioned channels. If you have any questions for me, feedback, topics that you'd like me to cover, Uh, I'm hoping to be able to get more t-shirts and hoodies in stock at some point soon. Uh, as I said, if you feel so inclined to leave a rating and review wherever you listen, those are very helpful. If you're interested in starting your own show, if you sign up with my hosting service, Buzzsprout, you and I will both receive a $20 Amazon gift card. I mentioned the support the show link, the buy me a coffee thing. Uh, as I said, saving up to uh, replace my laptop here, the uh, the engine behind the show. So uh, no pressure there, but very much appreciated if you do. Um, and yeah, thank you so much for listening. If you are new, welcome, and I hope you liked what you heard and we'll come back for more. And if you've been listening for a while, thank you so much for your loyalty and support. Uh, next week, as I said, we'll either be the taylor swift midnight's review or the grateful dead uh dave's picks volume 44 review Uh, whichever one doesn't happen next week will happen the week after most likely so um stay tuned for those and uh best of luck to you all out there finding your respective uh terry or julie all right uh have a great weekend Big game tomorrow for my Ohio State Buckeyes. The game. Uh, So hopefully we will avenge our loss to that team up north from last year and uh, be headed towards the playoff. All right, have a great weekend, and I'll see you next week. Class dismissed.